Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. If you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Oh, am I introducing the podcast? If you want to. I mean, or I can do it. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast? Like, what do you, how do I introduce it? <laughs> you introduce it. So everyone, that was Christine Rodriguez. <laughs> the very first guest that I had on Timeless Spirituality who has forgotten the name of the podcast. One of my closest friends. The new podcast. Huh? I didn't know if it was a new podcast. I thought How it might it? be a project. Why would I start a new project? No. So th we go back a long time. It's it's nice to know that Christine remembers <laughs> it. I am your number one fan, despite how this looks right now. This is true. This is true. I mean, yeah. Christine is responsible for the launch date because I went to her back in 2021. I'm like, when would be a good time to start the podcast? Well, you know, based off of the way that the chart is today and this and that and what it's going to look like, I recommend you start it this day. So it's like, okay, cool. And then she forgot the name of the podcast. Anyways, I wanted to have Christine on for this episode one because Christine is awesome and I'm so excited for this season. So who better to have than Christine Rodriguez to guest host today's episode to bring it full circle since she was the first guest Aww. and <laughs> you know I, I, I'll forget it that you forgot the name of the podcast it's okay I don't feel like you will but it's okay go ahead I, I won't but I forgive you I forgive but I don't forget <laughs> it's okay and so make sure you go check out Christine's pod or podcast astrology yesterday yeah <laughs> astrology yesterday on all major platforms. On all major platforms. And yeah. So Christine, I'm going to hand the reins over to you right now that I've got the goofiness out of my system, hopefully. And everyone, I give you the first guest of Timeless Spirituality, Christine Rodriguez. Thank you so much for letting me co-host with you today. It truly is such an honor. And I do have a podcast named Astrology Now, which is a Sorry, big- Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> which is a big, you know, friend of timeless spirituality. And I was so honored when you asked me to do this project. And I thought it was so uncanny because before I had the opportunity to listen to one of the episodes and before I knew too much about the concept behind it, you prompted me my, by asking, you know, what is home? You were like, I'm, I'm interested in you co-hosting. I am you know, trying to explore this concept. And I was like, what a better person to ask than a cancer ascendant because in Vedic astrology, I'm a cancer rising and cancer rising is the sign of the home. And so I was like, this is so astrologically fascinating. And so right off the bat, I felt like there was some really interesting karmic connection to the work. Obviously, I feel a very interesting karmic connection to you. And so I was just really looking forward to seeing what kind of came of the podcast. And so with that being said, Tell us more about your idea for this new series in a nutshell. I should have come more prepared. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited for today and now I'm, I'm at a loss for words. The idea came to me back in, I believe, January of 2023 because my mom was getting ready to move from my childhood home. And the initial idea was to just write a series of journal entries every couple days or so of what I was feeling leading up to my mom leaving my childhood home because I'm very attached to things, which I'm sure we'll get into. And so it, it, was, it was difficult for me, even as someone who was 36 years old who hadn't lived at home for 18 years. So that's how it started, was I was going to turn it into one episode that I was going to air probably in March of 2023. And then I got that nasty Rona 
at the beginning of February in 2023, and that kind of sidetracked things. And I didn't really start to recover until a couple days before my mom moved. And then this thing just kind of took on a life of its own. As I was thinking about home, it was this trip down memory lane. And I just revisited so many moments in my life that were inside and outside of the home. Because I really asked myself that question, what is home? And yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting journey. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have had the opportunity to listen to some of your series so far. And something that I was contemplating when listening to it is that the idea of home, at least for me, because I remember, again, you, you asked me that question, is that home and how, at least in my personal life, I've related to home has changed and evolved throughout my life. The The sensation of what home was and the literal concept of what home was growing up is so much different than what my home is now, what it looks like materially, what I fill it with, but then also how I associate home. And so this, again, this project has just really had me thinking like, wow, like what an interesting concept. And so I am interested in asking you though, with that being said, because I personally feel that home is almost like an evolving concept to define, what would you define home as after creating this series? I can't give everything away. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a few things? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I suppose in the series, again, at the beginning of the series, you were talking about specifically your childhood home and what made that experience growing up special and unique and something that perhaps can't be replicated. Well, with the replication component, this is something I touch on in the last episode of the series. Being a past life regressionist, I am someone who obviously believes in reincarnation and that there is not a start and end to any dynamic. I do believe that most of us, if not all of us, will encounter each other at some point in time again, wherever that may be. And I think that's what makes a home distinct is the material component of it because I think home is one of those things where well then the question then becomes is home a house and if it is a house I I believe that that house may have a start and finish mm -hmm. that I may be reborn in another time mm -hmm. and unless I come back to that exact same location and that same house is still standing there that I will never encounter that house again mm -hmm. in any of my other lives mm -hmm. because the earth comes and takes back what we've built. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. houses are one of those things that I do believe are specific to any given incarnation and therefore something that doesn't transcend time as we may know it. Man, that is so profound. So much was coming up for me when I was listening to you speak, just also on the reincarnation piece, because I think that when we, like from the time that we're born, we're seeking home. It's like, even if we have a home materially, it's like filled with people or it's filled with animals or houseplants or whatever it may be. And when we are away, our heart is driven to go back. It's like an anchor point. And as we move throughout life, there are people that become home too. And some people are more nomadic, but then their person is their home and their heart is kind of anchored in, in the direction of that person that may be home, if that's what someone has found home in. And it's just really fascinating to think that on this like transcendental scale, if we're looking at us through lifetimes and we're just constantly searching to find that home and that anchor point to return to, I think that that's something that the vast majority of the population can relate to. And, and again, it may not be a person. It may be a, a physical place or it may be a, a store, you know, whatever it may be somewhere that somebody feels that sense of home and, and community and connection. 
but all of us have that inner drive to have something to return to that is not only something that we know, but something that knows us. I feel like that reciprocity is almost what creates home. What makes home? What do you think? I resonate with all of it. And I know I said earlier that I didn't want to give everything away, but the truth is I'm still figuring I'm still figuring all of it out. I, I really, I don't know if I've come to a firm conclusion as to what home is. And I think that through the process of releasing the episodes and any feedback I may get from anyone else, that may help me come to the conclusion, whatever that may be, at least temporarily. Because I don't know if I've ever sat down and had a conversation with someone about what is home. And I think it's through those interactions that we find out so much more about ourselves. Even with a simple question such as, what is home? It may seem simple on the surface, but man, is it really deep and complex once you, act, or once you actually start to think about it? It's so deep and complex. And I, I, I want to talk about your chart a little bit too. I know that was one of the intentions of bringing me on, not just so that I could forget your podcast name, but... Um, you know, I've had moments recently because, you know, I travel a lot and I do, I, home is very important. Again, like I have my cancer rising, like home is important. And my partner travels a lot. And then there are times where maybe I kennel my cat or my dog. And I remember traveling and I had been with my partner for months on end. And so it was my first time being in my physical home, but without him and I couldn't sleep. It didn't, it didn't feel like home. And I didn't have my pets here. You know, it was like, I got, I got home. My animals were kenneled. I was like by myself in this house. And I didn't realize how empty the house felt without the presence of these cherished beings. And the next day I go and I pick up my cat and my dog and then it alivens the space. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can, you know, I can connect more. There, there are these beings that I know and they know me it, again. It's like, it brought the space to life. And of course that intensifies when I have my human loved ones around too, and just kind of saying, it's like, I wouldn't have realized that home could evolve that way if I didn't have those relationships develop. Like I haven't always had a cat. I haven't always had a dog. I haven't always had a partner. I've like lived in a house by myself and it felt like home. But then when I developed those relationships and they kind of alive into the space, I realized, oh, this is what for me home is supposed to feel like. And now without them, there's some sort of deficit. And so for me, again, I, I think it's so fascinating to think and consider of like the evolving definition of what that is and how it changes. But for you, looking at your birth chart, something that I was noticing before getting on the call, because I know that we're going to talk a bit about your transits and interesting, amazing, transformative experiences that you're having now are occurring, but looking at your natal birth chart, the chart that never changes, you do have something called Amaha Purusha Yoga. This is a this is a yoga of great men. And so when an individual has a Maha Purusha Yoga, they usually have certain qualities that give them leadership abilities and influence. It creates a lot of uh, power and again, like influence. And depending on the planet, the qualities and the influence are going to derive qualities of that planet. And so for you, that Maha Purusha is Venus and it's in the fourth house <laughs> and the fourth house is the house of the home. It's the house of the inner heart space. And it's also a house of expression. And Venus, of course, is, is art and it's luxury and it's comfort and it's attachment and it's what you feel comfortable and cozy with. And so you have Venus and the sign of Taurus in the fourth. This is a placement where there is going to be a lot of creative energy, a lot of attachment to the home. And also, you know, a steadfastness, there's, there, there is this great connection and attachment and it's fixed. It doesn't want to move. <laughs> and so when there are any movements or changes, that's going to be something that disrupts you. But apparently for you with those disruptions, there's also a creative force that kind of comes with that, which is great. Can I and just so jump I in really that. quick? Yeah. Just to really illustrate how stuck I am in the sense of not wanting change. The place I'm in right now, I've lived here for 13 years. And I lived with roommates up until a little over two years ago. And even at that point, once my roommate moved out, it took me a few months to... Well, let me back up a little bit. In Los Angeles, it ended up being cheaper for me to stay in a two-bedroom place 
than to find a one bedroom since I've been here for so long and, you know, landlord. And I'm like, okay, good. I don't need to change. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so it still took me a couple months to move into the other bedroom because I had the smaller one, which I then turned into my office. And I was so unsettled the first week I was sleeping in there. I'd wake up, like, where am I? Where am I? This is so and I just moved to another room in my apartment. I didn't switch units. It was just another room. And I was so unsettled by it. And I've been in that room now for about two years. And it still feels weird to me every night that I go to sleep. I'm like, this place still feels kind of foreign to me. And that's how extreme it is. I don't know why it's so extreme for me, but if that paints the picture, I'm just going to be beside myself when the time comes that I have to leave this place. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting how signs have such an influence on that in Vedic astrology. Um, there are some people who have certain combinations in their chart where they can move and they want to move and they're nomadic and they're on the road and they're restless in one place. You know, they stay in a place mm -hmm. for too long. They're like, oh my God. And then there are individuals where they need that consistency and they need that grounding. And also for you, I'm sure that having routine and structure and similar, like what it is that, you know, I'm sure that it supports your creative work as well. Like you can actually sit down and be organized. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know um, me better than I do because, you know, I the wouldn't charge. say that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So, so all of that's really interesting. And something else that I was noticing when we first hopped on the call, and, and I'm sure that you're aware of this, though. I I know that you typically lean into this the tropical system here on this podcast today. I'm referring to the sidereal system of astrology. I know that you usually use tropical. And so you I mean the more astronomically accurate one, the one that you use? Yes, the one that uses the astronomical precise placement of the planets at any given moment in time. I mean, salute to, to accuracy. Yeah, totally. Which is, you know, it is. And I know that in tropical astrology, you have that uh, Taurus moon and Taurus sun and all of that. But mm -hmm. I just see so much Aries in you. According to this chart, according to the sidereal chart, you have four plants in Aries. And Aries is a pioneer. And it's super, super creative and innovative and likes to do things that have never been done before. And all the stellium, these four planets are in your third house, which has to do with writing, has to do with podcasting and hobbies and various skill sets. And so... To me, it just all makes a lot of sense. And of course, you were also born on an eclipse, which is pretty yeah. wild near an eclipse. Yeah. So, which is, I mean, that's wild. So, okay. So you also- Mind if I say one thing about the pioneering aspect too, really please quick? Please cut me off because I will just keep going. Anyone who thinks they know what this is going to be when they hear us talking about, oh, I'm writing this little series about what is the meaning of home. You have no idea what is coming. <laughs> you have no idea the way that this thing is going to show itself. I mean, mm -hmm. there are just, and that's something that I really, I don't know if, I mean, it definitely excites me. It's that feeling of if I can't do it different, what's the point of doing it? Mm -hmm. So this is, yeah, I'll just put it that way. It will all make sense at the end, mm -hmm. but yeah, sorry for cutting it. I just, when you heard, no. when you said pioneer, I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I'm so glad that you did cut me off. I, I just, you know, I see so much in your chart just around having a, having a really big creative breakthrough right now. And Pluto and Mars, while you and I are recording this, they are directly squaring your Rahu. And so to me, you know, it really is just a time of almost like creative death and rebirth in a way, and also like karmic adjusting. I'm sure there are a lot of things happening in your life apart from your creative work as well, that may be like uh, karmically engaging or altering. There may be like crossroads happening or really big events spurring growth and evolution that perhaps does feel karmic or brings up karmic patterns. It's a really big time for you, but I do see it influencing absolutely your creative work and also your public persona. That's what the third house. Can I just have heard a lot of big words that describe change. Just over and over again. <laughs> Let me just be redundant with change and transformation and evolution. <laughs> <laughs> My least favorite word in the English language is what? 
change. Oh, got it. When it comes to me. Yeah, for sure. I I really like change, but I am. I I mean, I like change in some regards. I don't like change in all regards. But anyway, back to you. I am interested, though, because I know that a huge reason as to why we are recording today is to give people insight into the project that you're working on. And so can you tell us a bit about how the project is structured and the journey that you are planning to take us through? Sure. So it's structured in five solo episodes spread out throughout the season. And in three of those episodes, well, let me back up a little bit. There are solid themes for each episode. And for three of them, I do interviews based off of what those themes are. Does that make sense? After the episode, like for the first, I really don't want to give too much away. But there's a series of interviews I do after the first episode. And then after the third episode. And then probably before or after the fifth. I don't know if that... If that makes sense. This, it does. So it's, yeah, it's not just the story per se, but it's what gets evoked for people along the way about those moments in life that are very transformational and those moments that happen when, when something really shifts for someone in that moment when they make the decision, am I going to go left or am I going to go right? And what do I do with the materials that are standing in front of me. Almost like, how do you want to build your house? So that's that's the loose structure of it. But uh, those five episodes are divided into those five parts based off of a 50,000 plus word memoir. This was just supposed to be like a 5,000 word thing initially. And then it just took on a life of its own. And I just really want to challenge the listener to look deep within themselves and ask themselves, what is home? Like while writing it, I had people in mind who came from broken homes. I didn't, so I can't personally relate to that, but I wanted to challenge the notion of what is home, even for someone who came from a broken home. Like where can you find home? And that's, you know, it's weird that I'm having such difficulty finding the words right now (laughs) to talk about about this thing that I've been working on for the last, I mean, as we're recording this in mid-February of 2024, I started on it a little over a year ago. And I feel like I know this thing like the back of my hand. Yet, I mean, do we ever really know? I guess that's the question. Do we ever really come to that point where we figure something out and know Hmm. it concretely? And I don't know. So <laughs> I don't know if that directly answers the question. but Yeah, well, if I'm understanding, it kind of seems that through your own almost struggle with change and and moving and letting go of what home was for so long, it had a really deep impact on you and it spurred a lot of contemplation and philosophizing and you're wanting to extend that out to the greater population as something to consider and think about and maybe even for you find answers in. Yeah, that was a better way of putting it. I was just curious. I mean, sometimes when you're so close to the project, it's hard to see it in totality. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you're so close to it, you just need to like kind of step back. And so because you're so immersed in your work, I'm sure you have a very specific, unique way of relating to it. And I was really resonating with what you said about the broken home piece. I I don't know if I would describe my upbringing as a broken home, but I did not relate to home in the way that you related to home. And so while I was listening to some of your segments, it, w- it was just interesting to hear you recollect on so many of these like really beautiful memories growing up as a child and as a teenager and how things were were fun and interesting. And I know that your childhood was like not free of challenges. Let's just put that on the <laughs> table. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, for, for me, my my childhood was different. And so I heard you recollecting on those things. I was like, oh my gosh, like, let me take myself back to the first home that I can remember. Let me take myself back to these other homes. We moved around a lot growing up. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me think about these different locations and how I felt in each of them and how I related to them. And yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the personal contemplation that was brought up through listening to the project. And so I know that people, it's very, I really enjoy it. And I also just want to applaud your storytelling ability. I think that you have a really amazing way of being able to storytell. And so the series is also very entertaining and comical. Um, I was laughing out loud while I was washing my dishes listening. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really moving. And again, just for the audience, I think that there is a potential like therapeutic quality, regardless of the experience you had. And also kind of this invitation to explore like what is home for us now and how can we create that and how can we make it something that is ours, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how can we be intentional with our home and make it something that is sweet and nourishing? And I mean, obviously my cogs are turning. I, I, it's pretty profound. I'm really impressed with the work that you made. Thank you. Yeah. Super you know, creative. Hearing you say that, like it, it warms my heart. And here's the flip side of all this too. I think the reason that I was having trouble finding the words before is because while I'm super excited for this, I'm also terrified. I am so scared to release this because this is by far the most vulnerable I have ever been publicly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, <laughs> while there are comedic moments to it, there are moments that are far from comedic. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling of once I do this, there's no turning back. You know, there is absolutely no turning back. And that is that is scary because one of the things that I talked about in one of the interviews was how therapy is much more widely accepted now than it was when I was a kid. And I'm 37 right now, and I've only seen it happen within the last couple of years that it's been cool to go to therapy. Like, you wear it as a badge of honor, whereas... I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, especially 20 years ago, that's not something you told anyone. And I can't even imagine what it was like 30 years ago or 40 years ago because the association with therapy is you are nuts. If you go to therapy, you are crazy. You are damaged goods. So while I see the culture changing around me, I also come from a time, I'm still stuck in that time in certain respects. And there is still that fear of, oh, you mean you're going to be real? So the story that I I told in one of these interviews was how when I was 14 years old, I was sitting in my therapist's waiting room. And in California, we have a lot of outdoor office places. And while I was sitting there, I watched someone I know walk by with his family outside and walk into another office, another therapist's office. And I was just terrified. I was so scared because I knew that he saw me and I walked up to him the next day at school. I said, please don't tell anyone you saw me there. Please, please don't tell anyone you saw me. Please, please. And he was fine with it. He was like, yeah, it's no big deal. Sure, like I won't say anything. So that is something that's very scary for me right now is the level of vulnerability that I'm going to put out there. And those comedic moments that you talk about, I think I also do that to offset just how uncomfortable I am with the level of vulnerability and and realness and it's like if i can make a joke here will that offset this a bit will that maybe dilute it a bit and also i don't want everyone to just be in a horrible mood after they listen because i i do want to take the listener on an emotional journey and show that there is a spectrum to any given situation and that you can find the humor in any situation and you can find the depth in any situation so I'm I'm terrified. I am I'm very scared. And like I talked about with you yesterday, the only transit that I looked at when it came to releasing this series was to make sure it wasn't coinciding with a Mercury retrograde. And while some of the episodes will be aired during that period, it's not starting during a Mercury retrograde. What's also interesting is that within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be moving into a a once-in-a-lifetime transit, which is Pluto squaring my Mercury. 
And when I saw that after the fact, once I had the date set that I was going to start this, I just looked at that chart and I said, wow, we operate from the subconscious so much more than we are aware of. So Christine, I just, I want to hand that one over to you with regards to that transit and what's your take on, on what that means for me? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, there are two ways of looking at it. First of all, I mean, absolutely. We operate from the subconscious that is interconnected to the fabric of cosmic reality. (laughs) So it's like, in other words, it's like, yes, it's subconscious. But on the other hand, this is evidence of not everything being free will. There are things that are happening all the time that the cosmic I don't want to say cosmic storm because that makes it sound daunting, but the cosmic movement is nudging us towards. And sometimes there are these waves that come up that we can't resist. And this is one of them for you. It's just like, okay, here you go. We're going in this direction, whether you're aware of it or not. And so it's kind of always happening all the time. And so for this square, for this Pluto square Mercury, I mean, Mercury is the planet of creativity. It's the planet of expression and communication how we write, how we communicate, you know, it's also technology. So really Mercury is everything to do with podcasting and it's everything to do with your writing endeavors and your creative endeavors. And what's really interesting about your Mercury specifically is that it is in the third house. And I I tell everybody that the third house is like being on stage. It's like you are presenting something, presenting a podcast to the world And your Mercury is conjoined, your Rahu, almost to the degree. And for those of you who are coming from a tropical background, Rahu and Ketu are the north and south node. And so we know that when any planet is conjoined, one of the nodes, it's karmic in nature. You have some sort of karmic association to that planet. And so if Mercury is with Rahu, we know that there is a karma that is very big and present in this lifetime that you absolutely are meant to play out that is involving the planet Mercury of everything we just discussed. And so that is what I see when I think of Pluto squaring your Rahu, Pluto squaring your Mercury, is that it's this really big, life-changing, life-altering project. And did, did you have any questions about that? Because I have a question for you. No, I'm good. I'm interested in what inspired you to share regardless of how scary it is? I think there are a couple things. I had an astrology reading about four years ago with an astrologer named Fairly Theta. And she said to me, not verbatim, but this was the gist of it. You have to bring the world on your journey with you. This is something that the world needs to be there to see. This can't be something you do without others seeing it. And once I heard that from her, that's when I started putting myself out there more publicly as a past life regressionist and sharing my story a little bit more. And that's something I've always had in the back of my mind about the world needs to be on this journey with you. And feeling like I'm just coming to this point where why hold back? I mean, none none of the things I shared are things that I'm ashamed of, but it's it's still that fear of how will I be perceived? There's also the fear of, will this affect my business? I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. Because one of the things I also am pretty aware of is that there is a strong potential that I will alienate a lot of the audience by doing this. Because a lot of the audience tunes in to hear people talking about their past life regression experiences, spiritual things, and I'm not doing that this season. And I, and I know that there is a strong possibility, or do I believe, I believe that there is a strong possibility that I will alienate a large chunk of the audience, but I can't be driven by that because I think our world is so driven by that these days of what will, what will the viewers think? What will the audience, I got to keep, I got to keep them happy. Well, while I appreciate each and every one of you who listen to this, I have to do it for me. I can't do it for numbers because then am I doing it for the right reasons and the answer to me is no if I'm driven solely by that that is vanity pure and simple and 
I'm scared about the effect that it will have business-wise because I think people may see me in a different way and I don't know if it will instill a ton of confidence with regards to is this the person you want leading you on a journey through time. Now reciprocally, on the flip side of it, I think it could also go the other way that it will instill confidence within a lot of people. Oh yeah, that's the guy I want to lead me on this journey through time because he didn't give a shit. He's just, he's doing it. So there, there is that fear of, of the setback, but I'm also doing my best to view life as more than, than linear. And while it may be materially detrimental to me in this life, what if it's about the totality of all? What if there's been such a fear inside of me of being so open and vulnerable that it's a fear that I will carry around from life to life if I don't stand up and say, I'm doing this. So I think I'm doing it for the growth. I'm doing it for me. I'm sorry, everyone. I appreciate each and every one of you, but I'm not here to make you happy. That's it, straight up. I'm not here to to make you happy or please you. So if you don't want to hear someone share their life story, that's okay. That's okay. I respect that. But if that time comes when you do want to hear it, the podcast isn't going anywhere. Even if the day comes when I stop recording it, I'm probably not going to take it down. So I think it's also about playing the long game. It's like I said in the very first episode of Timeless Spirituality, that podcast which Christine was the guest on episode number two, because the first one was a solo episode. This show is ultimately about me. While it's about bringing guests on and learning from them and having them share their experiences, this show is about my journey. Because that's what Fairly told me, and it resonated with me. The world needs to be on this journey with you. So while I may alienate a large chunk of the audience and, and lose them, who knows what the future will hold? Because this is season four. When I get to season six, this is going to feel like a lifetime ago. So I don't remember what the original question was, but I think my answer is just simply, I'm doing it for me. Nice. Well, yeah. And my, my question was what was inspiring you to share regardless of it feeling very intimidating to you. And so you, you shared like what was intimidating and why you feel compelled to share anyway. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that like all of that to me, is just like, so Aries, it's like, it's, it's the individual, it's the, it's the sense of individuality and creating yourself. Like that's the magic of having a lot of Aries energy in this lifetime is that it's a journey of self invention and self discovery and, and kind of this, Again, it's, it's a sense of independence and personal strength, and it is all about creativity for you. And so I'm so glad that you've found that inner power and that sense of dharma to share your story, regardless of followers and all of that. And thank you. You know, it's, it's really interesting because historically with creativity, people have shared because they felt a creative impulse and so many amazing cult classics were created that are so like avant-garde and off the beaten path and not your typical type of like art for lack of better phrasing. And yet they they've been known and recognized throughout time. And now we live in the society where so many creative ideas get stifled because people are afraid of followers. Like back mm -hmm. in the day, we didn't have that. It was like, put it out in the world, see what happens. There's only one time that you're going to experience it if it's a rejection or not, you know? And it's like with, with online media, it's like this perpetual thing. And so I'm glad that you're deciding to be like, okay, I have to stick to the natural creative way. It's like, I have this creative idea. It's a creative impulse. I have to share it. And while I was listening as well, I was just kind of thinking of the invitation to the audience to know you in a different way and to become more acquainted with you. And I think more importantly also is that we're, we're spiritual teachers. We're spiritual leaders. That's what people come to us for. It's like people come to me for astrological guidance. People mm -hmm. go to you for guidance through past lives and people have trusted you with that and sought you out for it. That's what your followers are here doing with you. And this is pulling back the veil that all of us are people mm -hmm. and all of us have had 
a myriad, you know, of, of experiences and we're not perfect enlightened beings, nor are we claiming to. And so you too out there into the audience can have an imperfect life and you can have really strong emotions and you can go through grief and loss and change, and you can still inspire people spiritually and you can still develop skill in, in helping and serving people. And so you know, I, I really encourage you not to be fearful that people will be deterred to work with you because of something that you share, because the people who have enough insight to recognize what I just said, they're still going to want to work with you regardless. So, mm -hmm. and, and that goes out to anybody else listening for whatever journey you're on and whatever, you know, professional endeavor you're on. I mean, I, I, I agree. And I appreciate that so much. And just to put us both on blast right now, you know, Christine and I call each other a mess with our, you know, our own lives. And yeah, I, I mean, a lot asked. of our conversations go this way. Actually, we don't, we don't talk about the weather and stuff. You know, it's, it's very deep stuff, but at the same time, it's just like, Oh, God, our lives are, we're so, <laughs> we're such a we're mess. Messy. Yeah. We're messy people. <laughs> and yeah, just, I mean, I, I appreciate everything you said. And, and it's, I, I think it's true. We, we are teachers. And one of the things that I have such a deep respect for you, for you for, and I think that's grammatically correct, is one of the ways that I try to, to approach being a quote unquote teacher is to be responsible. And I see you operating with just so much integrity and responsibility. And that is something that I just feel is, is lacking so much in the space that we're in that it's just willy nilly. We're going to talk about this sexy concept because that's going to get me some clicks or some followers. Even when you said followers like that, it makes me uncomfortable to hear that word. I think it's like, Oh no, there's people that are following my account, I'm not following me. They're following my account because I'm, you know, it's, it's I, I, I don't see it that way. And Ultimately, I think that this is a lesson, this entire piece. It's how can I impart moments from my life to provoke thought in you? And one of the things I, I tried to be very intentional about while writing this was I violated a rule of writing, which is show me, don't tell me. But I, I flipped that. I did a lot of telling and not showing because I felt by telling, it allowed the listener to put themselves back at their own elementary school. It's like when I talk about elementary school, I, I didn't get specific with the description of the playground because I wanted to say when I was on the playground, so when the listener was listening, they could be back on the playground at their elementary school. Providing that opportunity for a lesson without preaching. That's the other thing. Cause I'm not telling you how to think in this thing. You know, there is no definitive. This is what it is. I want to challenge you to figure it out for yourself and ask yourself those questions. And because I think the best teachers are the ones who make you think and don't just tell you how it is because I, I don't have the answers. So I said early on, I, I still don't fully know what this is, but I think I'm going to learn more about it through the interactions I hope to have after I put this out, because I think it's through those conversations that are just so thought provoking on the most simple level that we come to the clearest answers. That's the contribution I hope to leave the world also. I got a lot of work to do, but this is one of those things where if I died right after all five parts had been released, I feel like I would have left my contribution in a meaningful way. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and thank you for saying all that. Thank you also for the kind words and just kind of touching on a few things you said in terms of we're still figuring it out, you know, and we're, we're still people and we're trying to operate from this place of integrity, just for everyone out there, be very mindful of the teachers who do claim to know everything and be very careful with the teachers who do accept followers 
and try to, you know, gain power over students. Um, I, from my experience, the most sincere teachers show their humanness and their flaws and their deficits and always say that they are also a teacher and that they're still learning. Um, and, and they're the, the real ones from, again, from my experience with so many teachers that I've had throughout time. And I also just wanted to say the telling and not showing it's so profound because I am not well acquainted with rules of writing by any stretch of the imagination. And it was like, what I didn't even realize what was happening. But like, while I was listening to you, I was going back to my stuff. Like you were like the driveway and I like saw the driveway, which was like my driveway or a, you know, a driveway mm -hmm. in my memory or talking about the, the. I don't want to give the stories away, but some of the different places that you mentioned, it's like my imagination was conjuring things that I'm familiar with and have experience. And like, I didn't even realize that was a tactic you were doing. <laughs> it was very <laughs> intentional. But yeah. it worked. I do depart from that at the very end. So that that was very difficult. I, yeah, that means a lot to me that you noticed that because I do have an ego still. So as a writer, that was very difficult for me. Hmm. very difficult to just not bring it to life and be like, mm -hmm. this isn't about me. This isn't about me. Right? Well, it is about me because that's why I did this. But you know what I mean with that. Mm -hmm. This is the journey for the listener and the audience. It's like you were trying exactly. to create a certain experience for the audience. Like, and huh? Go for I was it. just going to say, so it is about you because it's a creative endeavor and it's an idea that you very much feel is a, is a personal thing that you must bring to life. And also it is a collaboration with the audience because it's their imaginations that are going to be bringing all the concepts to life. Mm -hmm. And it's the audience who you're also going to be philosophizing with just in terms of what they conjure as home and, and what it provokes. So, One of the things that Christine said to me before we hopped on and started recording she talked about this this entry where i talk about being in the shower and <laughs> which in and of itself is just but i don't know sorry to, that this is the one that that i'm bringing up but if you noticed i didn't bring the shower to life because usually when you when you're reading something you talk about the bottles of shampoo the loofah which i don't have because it's fucking disgusting i mean like unless you're throwing it out every day or two but I don't want to be wasteful. Sorry, neither here nor there. But it's those types. I'm pretty sure it's been a while. I, I wrote that entry a year ago. So I'm pretty sure I didn't describe the shower, right? And I recorded that thing back in July, right? And you recorded some factors of the shower, which were like, it brought the experience to life, but not in a visual way. It was like yeah, a somatic yeah. thing. Like it was in the hot, steamy shower. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I do that every day. But yeah. I was picturing my shower you know what i mean and like exactly yeah yeah because it's so, so interesting <laughs> it's so creative yeah. thank you very intentional yeah very super intentional. cool so fun but i did violate that sometimes but when i did that because <laughs> i now i'm thinking about another part i think this was in the the second episode where i talked about the shoes that i was wearing i don't think anyone's gonna come for you Probably, not. but I, I, and then I'll say this, the times I did it were very intentional. Ve like everything was very intentional in this. But at the end of the day, even though I was very intentional at points, I, I don't care. I care about what you take away from it and what you draw as your home as a result of this or any other contribution out there in the world. If this makes it a little clearer for you, then I will die happy because I think at the end of the day, that's what all humans are really looking for is home. And I know a lot of us want to know who we are, but I think the other important question is where do I belong? So if I can help you with that outside of a past life regression or, or what, what you will be or what may or something Shakespearean there you know it's uh yeah I just I appreciate everyone who goes deeper than the surface so I thank all of you for that and Christine is also one of my greatest teachers so I'm just I'm so happy to have you here and 
I originally pitched this idea to Christine. I think it was in March or April or May of 2023. And yeah, she was super excited about it back then. And it, it took a while to, you know, to, all, to all take shape, but find people in your life like Christine, you know, who can, I mean, look, she's a pain in the ass sometimes and she'll cop up to that. <laughs> but, a lot of the time. But Christine is one of those people who just comes with such a level of self-awareness, even when she is being a pain in the ass, she's aware of it. And <laughs> so, I mean, I've learned so much about myself. Sorry for speaking about you in the third person. This is a habit I have. <laughs> talking about people in third person when they're with me. Like I'm talking to some audience who's listening. That's, you know. So funny. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's through these types of interactions that I've learned so much about myself and through my friendship with Christine in the, what, we've been friends for four years now? Yeah. Even though I don't think we've actually sat down and had the conversation about what is home, yeah. we have definitely circled that wagon without directly asking that question. And I think that's, and that's, that's what it's all about is, is these seemingly simplistic questions that hold the greatest answers to life's biggest mysteries. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And just again, thank you for such the, so many kind words and loving me despite being a pain in the ass. And, um, you know, I something that I was thinking about while you were talking is on just like thinking about our friendship and just like how profound the friendship really is. You know, we, we've definitely met in person, but a lot of our friendship has been through the phone and you know so much about my life. And just one of the many things that home is to me is a structure that keeps us safe. It's something that has fortitude. It has four walls. It's somewhere that we go when it's storming outside. And I'll definitely say that your friendship contributes to the inner walls within that keep me strong in the storms. I feel like I can always turn to you when things are difficult. And you have witnessed me in some of the, truly some of the most challenging experiences in my life and helped build the strength back up inside of me so that I could move forward through challenges while having a sense of courage. And so I just appreciate your friendship so much. And just thank you so much for letting me co-host with you today and explore you. your amazing idea. Well, I appreciate you, and maybe Christine is a part of my home. Oh, <laughs> it's true. And and for the audience, it's like who, you know, like for your intention of wanting people to contemplate these things, it's like what is home? Who who builds that inner structure? Like what's the external structure and what's the inner structure? Who helps uphold uphold the fort? Yeah, I just I want to say one last thing. Yeah. Because, you know, time guy, Christine told me she had an hour. So I've had my eye on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nine minutes left. <laughs> While it is super duper cool to talk about aliens. We can't get through out. a single episode without aliens. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I, I do. I guess the, the question I would pose to you is, what conversation will provide you with the most growth? The one where you sit down and talk about aliens? Or the one where you sit down and talk about what is home? It's so profound. And it's like, I don't even think I need to answer that question. You know, I think that everybody listening has well, the I answer. Well, I thought it was rhetorical, but maybe not. I mean, I think Sorry. it's rhetorical. <laughs> but I mean, again, it's just like the level of personal inquiry that comes with home and the emotions that are brought with that. And again, the fourth house in Vedic astrology, it's the it's it's your emotions. It's your heart space. It's your home. They're directly connected. And so when you touch on the home and when you touch on what keeps you safe, it has this very profound association to the to the heart. And so I just don't think that there's any comparison between aliens and home, personally. Well, I didn't think there was a comparison, but you know. Let the audience decide. Ponderance. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you say? Should we wrap it up there? Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. I, I'm sorry, Christine. I'm going to take over the reins really quick. And I'm going to play the game with you that I've been playing. Okay. And I, I think I'm landing on the title of this as the Saturn game. So, Christine, 
you will see in this little baggie, I have four sheets of paper. That's funny. With different times on them. But I do like to maintain the integrity of the game. So, hold on. I'm not looking. Pulling my hand out. You saw? Shaking. Pulling my hand out. See? No. And I'm pulling one more time. I don't even know what's going on. Last time. Now I'm putting my Last hand time. in. I'm going to pull, pull one it out. out. Let's see. So, Christine Rodriguez, host of Astrology Yesterday Now podcast. Uh-huh. How have you grown in the past month? Jesus, what a freaking wild question. The last month has been one of the biggest months I've had in years. I want to say that I know you're you're asking about a month and I'm going to answer it, but I just want to say that 2023 was the best year of my life of my life of all the years spent on earth 2023 was my favorite so far one of one of my favorites is not the very favorite the reason for that was due to the changes that occurred externally and and the changes that occurred internally that allowed me to accept the external changes and um in the last month the it's almost like all of 2023 is kind of coming to a head and so i'm getting ready to move states i've lived in texas since i was eight i've lived in austin since 2011 i'm not in the same house but i've lived in austin since 2011 and i'm preparing to move out of state for the first time since being eight years old i am moving in with a partner for the first time in my life and i am pursuing i am adding on to my professional life and so i've had the pleasure of the last couple of years really honing in on my profession as an astrologer and as a coach and now I am revisiting. I, I have a master's in social work. I've worked as a social worker before, and I've made the decision to become employed again as a social worker. And so, I mean, it's like every single area of my life is just changing monumentally. I mean, it's it's insane that I got a month because it's like this last month I've been planning and I've been putting in the work to, to set up for those changes to occur. And all the changes will actually begin really in March of this year, March of 2024. But yeah, those those are all external things. But I think that the biggest thing internally for me is that I've historically held the belief that when there is external change, that I, I lose control. Like if there's external change, then suddenly I'm losing control and everything is going to hell. And like, uh, you know, I'm not going to have control over my job anymore. And I'm not going to have control over my diet and my regimen, like whatever. When the truth is when we have the ability to not self-abandon and we stay fully committed to ourselves. And we stay fully committed to our self-care and staying fully committed to the rhythm of our life. This was a term that my therapist gave me, therapy. Gold star, right? Cool to be in therapy. But cool. you know, she gave me this term. <laughs> yeah. This term of um your 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 rhythm of life. I can stay committed and connected to that wherever I go. And with that is the alleviation of anxiety. So wherever I go, I can create the sense of security for myself if I stay committed and consistent to my practices. And what brings me warmth and what brings me that sense of home and structure is not a geographical location personally. It's not a house, you know, it's not the things that I do on a daily basis. I like those things, but it's not my home. Home is when I'm with my dog. Home is when I'm with my cat and home is when I'm building life with my person. Your shirtless so, wonder. What's that? Your shirtless wonder. My He's a shirtless wonder. What can I say? <laughs> Yeah, so I hope that answered the question. What a great, what a great, that was so generous. Thank you for giving me that time to talk about myself. You're very welcome. I mean, I'm just here to ask the question, not dictate the answer. So I think that was great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Answer. Right, you're wrong. I like your shirtless wonder. He only owns like four shirts or five shirts, which I think is cool. I you can't know, he actually that. owns quite a bit of t-shirts. He doesn't have as many other clothes, <laughs> believe it or not. I know, I know that you believe he's often not wearing a shirt. What do you believe? He has, he has enough. It's hot. Have you ever been to Nevada? Yeah. It's a microwave. It's so hot. Yeah, that's probably a good place for us to end it. Yeah. <laughs> I like Nate. <laughs> Nate likes you too. Whenever you send your voice notes poking fun of him, he's like, oh my <laughs> God, what a troll. Like, I cannot wait for y'all to meet in person. It's going to be so But fun. it's playful, though. It's very playful. He I loves it. Yeah. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a good guy. 
<laughs> with this one, as soon as Christine told him about him, I was just like, I like him. Aww. I like this guy. Me so, yeah. too. Yeah. I Nate, the shirtless wonder. Yep. Shirtless wonder. So, Christine, I started doing something new since the second episode is my first guest of timeless spirituality, where I like to end the show by saying, yay. In unison? We don't have to. I just like to end it by saying that. Okay. Yay. Yay. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.